0: Welcome to Keeping It, Mary. And I'm Father Thaddeus. And I'm Father Timothy. And together we are two Marian priests who keep the word of God in imitation of Our Lady, meditating upon it in light of our daily lives and the events that go on in the world and in the church. Today we're close to the end. I think we're starting with verses 20 and following. So we'll see how far we get today.
1: Yes. Uh, basically we're going to do 20 through 23 at least i'm a bit more ambitious (laughs) aren't you always (laughs) it never hurts (laughs) do you want to read yes but you beloved build yourselves up in your most holy faith pray in the holy spirit keep yourselves in the love of god and wait for the mercy of our lord jesus christ that leads to eternal life on those who waver have mercy Save others by snatching them out of the fire. On others, have mercy with fear, abhorring even the outer garment stained by the flesh. Okay, so I just have to
0: say it here at the beginning. Yes. It sounds actually positive. It's very positive. For the first time in about 18 verses. Yes. Which for us, I mean, I think we've been at this for... A month or two now. So. Yes, we've been in the
1: we've been in the muck and the mire for sure, um, but we knew you know that this was that this was going to uh, end in a in a positive note. Um, the warnings have been well laid out, yeah. very very uh, uh, efficiently, very thoroughly, yeah. um, and and now we close, uh, of course, with more triplets. Yes, you know, like true. the triplet of triplets, the holy trinity. Um I love this, you know, in this very early letter, how we have you know the Holy Spirit present, uh, God the Father and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeah. Uh, all present here, um and with different focuses, you know uh focus e focus foci technically foci
0: yes um, if you wanna if you wanna do it correct from the last <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's beautiful
1: that that uh, obviously all the one god but three persons and uh i find that that too can be here goes our first tangent a very um beautiful devotion and practice Mm -hmm. to um not just speak to god surely speak to god but speak to the three persons speak to them as if they are three persons because they are in fact right um and i find that
0: very fruitful yeah and with that Uh, It reminds me of St. Ignatius of Loyola with the spiritual exercises. So he has what's called colloquies at the end of certain meditations, which is a fancy Latin word for a conversation with somebody. And he does encourage at times to speak with Jesus, Mary, but then he also says to the three divine persons and something particular to Ignatius' spirituality, Mm. I don't always see it brought up in Ignatian spirituality, but in in Ignatius' own life, is this emphasis on the unique... Capacity or the capacity to talk uniquely to each divine person, right. to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, and my own tangent here at the beginning uh, in regard to this is so, me kind of being a theologian, as it were, studying more theology, uh, you know, sometimes people will comment, well, you don't find the Trinity in the Bible. <laughs> you, know, you don't find the word Trinity, and you don't find this belief in, you know, I believe in yeah. one God, three divine persons. And, you know, as Catholics, we believe in Scripture and tradition. And the point here is that, you no, know, there are a lot of words. Incarnation doesn't show up either you know, in the Bible. But what tradition is, is not some extraneous idea. We just kind of added stuff in that isn't there. It's putting together what's already there. So we have here Spirit, yeah. Jesus, God the Father. And even if Jew doesn't say, oh, by the way, this is the Holy Trinity, uh, that's what he's referring to. And so when we have doctrines and we have dogmas or we have creeds, it's as if it we're pulling out from scriptures that which is kind of behind the scenes that yeah. everybody already kind of knows, but they don't necessarily use the words that we use yeah. today to describe it. So that's one thing. And the other thing is to point out that a lot of times in scriptures, and I, I forget, uh, I think it's called an inclusio structure mm-hmm. in Latin, which is simply inclusion. I call the sandwich structure. Sure, so, or,
1: or like bookends. A lot of times people like... You know,
0: I like sandwiches. I'm well, hungry, I
1: guess. Very well. <laughs> it, is, it is Lent, you know, so I, I, keep, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I can get behind that. Fair enough. So um, you have at the beginning, the address and greeting, you have something very positive. You know, you have this exhortation to be kept safe in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. And then you have the other bookend, the other piece of bread in the sandwich, you know, so you have good stuff and then all the meat of warnings, and then you got the other piece of bread, which is another exhortation about being kept in Jesus Christ awaiting his coming. So just to point that out, and I, it's important, I would say, to keep that in mind that uh, even though there's a lot of negativity, it's wrapped in very positive realities, you know, because sure. Sometimes we can get caught in that negativity. We've talked about this before, all you know, the world going to hell and high water, you know, things in the church happening. Uh, and to remember, you know, it's not for nothing that he includes what's negative if it, within the context of keeping the faith, being guarded and kept by Christ Jesus in very positive things. So,
1: so what I hear you basically saying is you could boil down the letter to uh of Jude. To, like, a bitter pill that's encased in chocolate, so it's easier to swallow.
0: That wasn't quite <laughs> what I was going for, but, you know. But it is medicine, in a sense. <laughs> you
1: know I mean, it is.
0: <laughs> that is true. Uh, you know, parents probably know I, I've seen, certainly on movies, you know, when mama has to give no? uh, said son medicine, tries to, you know, finagle him to open his mouth or to have the medicine, since it, in itself it's not a delicious, let's say for that reason I think I still hate grape flavor stuff because of all the grape <laughs> cough syrup that's Fair. ruined that flavor forever Fair. in my life so shall we dive into the actual verses then let's do it okay so here we have the third time let's talk about triplets you the third time that Jude refers to the Christians he's writing to beloved so Jude has been warning quite a bit he's been Uh, advising Christians about these false teachers and their doctrines. And now he goes back to the affection of his heart, which, again, we get the words. And I think I've experienced this in like, you know, we have our phones here and text messages. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience that you write something and you know the tone of voice in which you write it. But said person receiving it doesn't know your tone of voice because it doesn't have a tone. It's just black and white text. So sometimes what I experience is, you know, talk about the negativity is, We can bring our own ideas into these things because we interpret according to our tone, our attitude, and we don't have the sense of the heart with which, for instance, Jude wrote this. But here, this is the third time he wrote the word beloved. Now, he's writing this out of a genuine affection of his heart. He's not uh, someone who's just, you know, fire and brimstone, let me just, you know, preach something really hard. This flows out of a a deep love, both for God and and for his people. So that's the first thing I want to point out as we close up this letter. Secondly, build up yourselves in your most holy faith. Faith, of course, is a gift. So uh, it's always helpful to ask, Lord, increase my faith, mm-hmm. like the apostles and the gospel. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, as a priest, people say, like, I feel like I'm going to lose my faith, right? I mm. feel like I don't have any faith. And for me, it's kind of a, a false problem because if faith is sure. a gift, I would say, well, then just ask for it, you know. Sure. It, we don't have to be so concerned about do I have faith or not. Well, and
1: and I would even say to that particular person, because this is a, a common fear that many people have, but for them to be afraid of such a thing to begin with shows that they have <laughs> faith. <laughs> yes. Right? It's it's the classic, you know, I do believe but help my unbelief. Right. You know, it can always be better. It can be more perfect. It can be, you know, stronger. But yes don't cut
0: yourself short. Like the right. Holy Spirit is present. Otherwise you wouldn't be complaining about this in the first place. Right. Much like people who have scruples over the the sin against the Holy Spirit. And then they <laughs> wonder, well, did I commit it? The paradox is, since you're wondering whether you sinned, yeah. you haven't committed it because the people who committed are those who do not repent of right. sin and aren't even worried about it. So build yourselves up in your most holy faith. So obviously faith is a gift, but it does require our participation. Uh, and that's something that at least for me, I've reflected on that. Uh, even if it's a gift, it's kind of like a seed in a garden. You know, it takes a lot of care. You know, We have one of our brothers here who's very good with a green thumb and keeping care of our grounds and building greenhouses. And when I've tried, uh, when I was in Argentina, with our gardens, it's no small thing. Uh, ants come in, they take all my flowers because they think it's a good breakfast. Uh, they're cutter ants. And so there's a lot to do in the same way you know Jesus, the parable of the sower and the seed, you know, faith comes from hearing, hearing his word. Uh, it's not easy to allow it to really grow to full blossom. And that's what Jews' letter is ultimately about. There's a lot of dangers that can come in. And so for us, the focus ultimately is very positive, to build ourselves up, to edify, in other words, because the word here in Greek is actually like to build a house upon, basically. And we think about building up the church. Sometimes we think about Building up the church in terms of we well, got to help it a parish and do all these kind of institutional things. Mm-hmm. Build yourselves up could simply be sitting down, kind of like this, and talking with a friend. Uh, Pope Francis, for one of his Lenten messages, actually had a, a beautiful message about. Uh, might have been Pope Benedict actually, but anyway, about encouragement as a work of mercy. He says, you know, encouraging someone else in the faith when they have doubts, when they're discouraged, and they don't know what to do is a great work of love. Uh, and so that just leads me to ponder, I don't have all the answers, but you know, how can we build ourselves up in the faith? Because uh, there, there's so many other things we got to do sure. in daily life that occupy our time, but this is the most important thing, because upon faith relies everything else in the spiritual life and our life in Christ. I don't know if you have any. No, I mean, to, to go off of that,
1: it, it comes about I think it's Paul who who instructs us or it could be one of the others, you'll probably let me know. Um <laughs> but uh, you know, to to say the things, the good things that men need, need to hear, hear yep. not the things to tear them down but mm-hmm. to build them yep. up. Yep. Um and that is always, you know, I have been talking I've had so many conversations the past couple of weeks, um, over the concern, which is a good thing that people it's on people's radar and they're really trying to focus on this and and take it from their lives. That is the topic of gossip. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're like, I don't know if this is gossip or not. I'm like, well, and so the best way that I've been able to help people see is to ask them, Mm -hmm. what is the focus? Yeah. Why are you discussing Mm -hmm. this issue? Is it so that you can perhaps identify a legitimate problem with another Mm -hmm. third party and you both want to help them out of that problem in Mm -hmm. the most loving way possible or are you just raking them through the coals behind their back and you just right. want to like leave them devastated in your own minds and in your own hearts mm-hmm. showing how base they are, you know, and, and with with no intention whatsoever of, of actually building them up. Right. Um, yeah. And then that's kind of a, a good way, you know, for people to, to delineate. I was like, no, I you know, there's all kinds of other like, oh, I have secret knowledge about this thing. And it's like, again, you might have knowledge that other people don't have. But if you're gonna bring that to light, there better be a good right. reason. There better right. be a holy reason. Otherwise, yes, it is gossip. Yeah. And yes, you should go to confession about that because that is one of the one of the worst ones. You yep. know, it just it just it's so cyclical. It just goes round and round
0: and round and yep. poisons the heart. No, I, it's good you bring that up because there's a great truth behind that, and I'll tie it in with the phrase that I remembered from Paul about, you know, faith comes from hearing. So in one sense, like my faith depends upon what I hear f- from you. Now, that's qualified, of course, you know, i sure not totally dependent upon yeah, yeah. you, but, you know, none of us have faith alone. You know, I, I wasn't baptized by myself sure. as an infant, you know, it Nor on could life. you baptize yourself if you found out about baptism. Right, but it's just to show the real dependence yeah. that we have upon each other. And Father Mesa, or now Cardinal Cantalamesa, he said at one point, you know, no one can evangelize themselves. And th- I find that true because sometimes people approach to me and... Uh, you know they'll want to talk about the faith or kind of encourage me and they're like oh but you probably already know it anyway you know i don't need to say anything and <laughs> i mean it's true yeah, yeah in one sense like i know the the datum i know the data but what Conte La mesa said is very true like i can't evangelize myself though i need to hear nonetheless yeah the very basic things all over again right you know i still need to listen to homilies i still need to uh, hear from you or from my brothers and you know what you talk about like the talking come faith comes from hearing well we can also destroy people's faith by talking. And yeah. it's true that sometimes Catholic social media lights up where the faith becomes a weapon to tear people down instead of build them up. And we, we use the faith as a standard to like cut apart people's character, to judge them. And of course, that's the supreme irony of using something that's a gift of God, but against God. I mean, uh, forgive the, the strong comparison, but like Satan, and the temptations of Jesus in the desert he mm-hmm. uses the very word of God to tempt Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and that's the trick of the enemy so often is we can use something very good, but for a bad end. Mm-hmm. And it's a good question. The the catechism is very clear. You know, you can read the the section on the seventh commandment, you shall not bear sorry, eighth commandment, you shall not bear false witness. And it gets into more than just lying, you know, calumny, detraction, right. slander, all these things, because there could even be things that are true. Yeah. But does it build up? Yeah. No. I My own sense, and and from here, and I think it's important as Catholics to ask ourselves, how do we truly build up the faith? It's not sure. It's not by hiding, you know, things that are going on. But so often we can just talk about many things that doesn't really build up my faith or that of others. Sure. Yeah, it leads a lot of people to despair. You know, right. lack of hope. Right. So, and can make a mockery to the people outside the church of like well sure. look at them, I mean they, well, I believe what they're saying if that's right i mean there there's a you know
1: talking about that particular commandment of bearing false witness and and right now, there's an absolute drought mm-hmm. of credibility right. in many of our institutions, you know things when you know like you turn on the news and you expect for the most part that you are getting pretty much the facts mm-hmm. you know and nowadays most people they, <laughs> they they turn on the news and they're they're questioning like I don't know if I can trust any of this you know I mean right. maybe the weatherman you you still feel pretty confident that he's giving you <laughs> the straight scoop on that there's rain coming tomorrow but uh everybody else seems like they they yeah. um are bending the truth like like not just a little bit but in in all kinds of ways so you know we and we can't change the, right. the way that those organizations mm-hmm. um we have no power to to make them to force them um to to well change their their ways however we can guard our own selves right. and make sure that we don't do the exact same things that we abhor mm-hmm. in them. Right. And I and you know when you mentioned you know, Catholic social media. I I sadly see sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, on on the one video them decrying rightly this is wrong. We shouldn't be bearing false witness. And then in the next video, they're bearing false witness against somebody else. <laughs> um, you I know, shouldn't laugh, but yes, it, there is a, a somewhat of an irony. Sure, you know, and it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. And and people people deserve the truth because well, Christ is the truth and you know he he's very adamant about let like, your yes be yes mm-hmm. your no be mm-hmm. no these types of things um so yeah it, it's just something that you you know yeah we're we're in the season of lent we're we're uh, as we're filming this and it's always a great time to to reflect on what are these areas in my own heart mm-hmm which I do have faith in the Lord Jesus, I do want to follow his will, I want to do this, I want to do that, um, not just so that I can you know, reach heaven, but so that I can truly love as he has loved yep. me and as he has loved you. Um, but it's good to, again, look at ourselves, think about, okay, this area here I need to work on, or this area here I'm not succeeding in, mm-hmm. and to allow that, that Holy Spirit to come in and build that up. Uh,
0: so that we're more perfect witnesses. Yeah. And my last comment before we, at least I'd like to go yeah, yeah. to pray in the Holy Spirit, is that oftentimes the, the criticism we can out towards other people that shows up as gossip or slander is a reflection of our own need to be built up in faith, because we may know in our heads, mm. well, God loves me where I am, but the truth is a lot of us have a pretty negative self-talk, going on in our heads. Sure. And what that means is just as I often live criticizing myself to push myself to be better than I actually am, so we then criticize other people that they should be better than they actually are too. And it's not to say we we aren't in need of conversion or they aren't either, but it's this attitude that we have to convert first. And then, you know, we're good. Yeah. And the whole gospel is that God encounters us first. And it's that encounter that leads us to conversion because it's his love that initiates my conversion because I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's heresy. It's a denial of the very gospel because I can't save myself. It's Jesus who comes first. So just to put that out there, because sometimes when we reflect, like, well, why do I gossip or why do I say these negative things? Ultimately, because we often live in a lot of negativity, especially about ourselves, too, And we need to be built up in faith. We need other people to come in and show us that kind of love in our brokenness, in our humiliation, because then we'll be able to show that to others when we see their brokenness, their humiliation as well. And that's where faith goes beyond just knowledge in the head, as much as the experience of the Father's love in our hearts. Which leads to the next point. So pray in the Holy Spirit. Ah. I could say a few things on this, <laughs> especially to us as Catholics. I mean, sure. I, one of my favorite prayers is the rosary. Uh, it's been kind of the, the measuring rod of my life in terms of my closeness to the Lord, because I know even growing up at a very young age, the times that I prayed the rosary, I was close, you know, closer to the Lord. I fell away from praying the rosary and often would fall away from the Lord too. But I say it for us as Catholics, because we can focus on the external prayers get your rosary mm-hmm. in, right. do this, get to Mass, none of which is false or bad. But yeah. I was just talking with the novices actually about this today that in Latin, we have these phrases to describe the sacraments, ex opere operato, which means the sacraments convey grace to us. As long as the priest celebrates them in a valid manner, they always confer grace. But it also depends, ex opere operantes, how much grace depends on the disposition of the one who receives it. Mm. Which means that, of course, we all receive the Eucharist and Holy Communion. Catherine of Siena goes into ecstasy when she receives Holy Communion because she's so disposed to receive Christ's love that poof, you know, she's consumed. Uh, I wish I could (laughs) say that I would be well, so consumed. it's
1: probably best that you, you know, we as priests don't go into ecstasy well, yes. because the other people are like, uh, can we have some now? It's been an hour, <laughs> we're up there at the altar, huh?
0: <laughs> There's stories of Philip Neri actually, yeah. uh, in the 1500s that he would go into ecstasy, uh, in mass in his altar server. A man would uh put up a sign on the mm-hmm. chapel, so you go into ecstasy, he'd put up the sign Philip Neri saying mass, and he'd go do stuff for two or three hours, and then he'd come back and then finish the mass with Philip Neri, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I point this out because the point of prayer is not just I got my prayers in. Now I'm not in any way knocking vocal prayers and yeah, yeah. like we shouldn't, but it's there's more to prayer than simply getting it done. the sure. point. Much like in relationships, you know, like in marriage or friendships, you know, it's not about oh just get here, record this, get it done. It, yeah, it's about the actual experience in the relationship. So praying the Holy Spirit is pray. With the Holy Spirit in the depths of your heart as a living person. Yeah. And that's something I think particularly close to me because I I wrote my doctorate on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we often think of the Holy Spirit in regards to his gifts and what he's doing and ask for grace from him. But deep prayer comes from within, from the Holy Spirit who groans, St. Paul says, you know, with inexpressible groans that aren't even expressible in words. And at least in, in my own life, in my prayer life, a lot shifts when I start entering into how the Holy Spirit interceding, St. Paul says. Not interceding like Jesus before the Father, but interceding and being the one who brings forth this prayer. And that requires a shift from focusing on me praying, what I'm doing to pray, to surrendering to the way the Holy Spirit wants to pray in me. And that's a different experience. I don't, I don't know if that rings any.
1: No, absolutely. I, was just talking to somebody and they were asking about what this is. Like, what are we doing, you know, with (laughs) our, with our videos and everything. And I was explaining to him that, um, in large part, we're, we're trying to, uh, look at scripture in a more prayerful way, Mm -hmm. you know, that oftentimes, especially for, for lay people, they can kind of, uh, feel a little bit intimidated by scripture perhaps and of course that's just generalization that's not yeah. everybody yep. but you know and so they 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 don't want to read it unless somebody's there to kind of guide them so they'll right. do like which are fantastic programs right you know all these you know read scripture here mm-hmm. do this do that and fantastic however what's what what I was explaining what's primal is just Picking it up and reading it, you know, and and not really having anything other than just saying, "Lord, what do you want to say to me?" Yep. And then read some scripture. Yep. You know, that's first and foremost. Yep. All the historical stuff, all these other things are fantastic, but they're secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're there to help us kind of, yep. you know, uh, go a little deeper, perhaps. But then we have to go back to the other mode of mm-hmm. just being intimate, and of course, it's the Holy Spirit. Um, that that helps us and guides us through that. As you were speaking, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, you were mentioning the the rote prayers, mm-hmm. you know, the pre formulated prayers that we have in the church, which are beautiful and powerful. Uh, but the image came to mind of of kind of like training wheels on a bike. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's there to to give us the practice, mm-hmm. you know, to show us the template, so to speak, mm-hmm. but once you take those training wheels off, then you have freedom Mm -hmm. to go everywhere you want to, because if you're on training wheels, you can't go off road. (laughs) You, you, you can't explore, right? You've got to stay on flat ground. You've got to stay within the line. So to Mm -hmm. speak bumper lanes and bowling. Sure. Sure. And, and, but with the, with the Holy spirit, right? There's, there is a, like, let's, let's take the, Mm -hmm. the less trodden path. Mm -hmm. So to speak, there's that there, you know, so, Yeah, and and this is is crucial, and I think this is one of the, sadly, one of the things that's most missing, Mm -hmm. you know, in our church, you know, that uh, even perhaps even for seminarians, maybe they just haven't really thought about um, having that kind of relationship with
0: Scripture. Yeah, and I agree with you, because ultimately, Scripture is the Word of God, and Vatican II, and Dave, everyone calls it, it's a love letter from the Mm. Father to us, and so Above all, it's a story of a dialogue and God who wants today to speak to us. Yeah. And you know, one of the powerful ways to pray in the Holy Spirit is praying with scripture because there's a beautiful line. Again, I've been privileged to get a doctorate and especially in the Holy Spirit, it's called pneumatology. And when you talk about inspiration of the scriptures, talk about God breathing his word, breathing these words in scripture, but also these words breathe the Holy Spirit to us. And so as we chew on these words, we are inspired. You know, we are filled anew with the Holy Spirit, which is why praying with Scripture is so important, because it's what then fills us. And that's why I think we mentioned in one of the first episodes that half an hour of scriptural reading and meditation is a plenary indulgence, not just because the church says, oh, stamp, you know, this is an indulgence, but, you know, what is a plenary indulgence? It's being filled with God, it, and it's being filled with the Holy Spirit who forgives our sins, forgives our temporal punishment. So, pray in the Holy Spirit, this is where the quiet prayer comes into play. You know, In the Carmelite tradition, they talk about contemplation. Mm. Sometimes people can get caught up in, oh, infuse contemplation, and I'm not sure <laughs> if I'll reach that or not. And, and I would say it's more about, prayer is about developing a relationship with the yeah. Holy Spirit within. Yeah. If you can see it as that instead of, well, is it meditation or is it contemplation? They're good distinctions. Right. But at the end of the day, it's about entering into a deeper relationship with a person who lives within us, um, which can be strange, can sound almost psychologically, you know, odd. Because you yeah. talk about, like, do you think there's someone living in you? Like, well, <laughs> yes, but not in the you know the bad sense of it, but the Holy Spirit. Yeah, within. yeah. So, uh, Pope Paul VI on the Rosary, he said, "To pray the Rosary without meditation is like uh, a body without a soul. Mm. It's a corpse." Uh, our vocal prayers are meant to lead us to sense the Holy Spirit, to dispose us to His presence within. At worst, they just kind of keep us on the on the surface level. So, anything else before we no. keep going? Okay, Let's go on to the love of God. Yeah. So, keep we. Uh, yes, our keyword here. That's right. <laughs> shows up quite a bit in yeah. the in the letter here, uh, which is again a repetition from the very beginning because he says, we are kept safe for Jesus Christ. And here we have, keep yourselves in the love of God and then wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. This is very similar to what Jesus says in the Gospel of John 15, where he says, remain in my love. Mm. and That's no easy task. I've probably gotten on the soapbox before, but as Americans especially, uh, or in Western countries, we are active. We can turn on our lights. Mm. We can have you know, our computers working at one a.m. We can, you know, we can burn the candle at both ends. Is that the phrase? I forget the phrase, but you can, It is the phrase. Yeah, you know, we can keep going, even in the name of God, and be Martha's, you know. But the fundamental commandment is keep yourselves in love, God. Remain in that love, and that's no just passive thing. It's just oh, okay, you know, just kind of sit back and do nothing, you know. Keeping ourselves in his love, remaining in that love, that's what prayer in the Spirit is. And not just from keeping ourselves in the idea of his love, but keeping ourselves in that actual experience of his love. And that makes all the difference in the world, because I think what we appreciate about saints is that they knew his love is more than something intellectual. It was a fire that burned within them and they could live by that. It actually touched their human hearts and made them live in a different way. And again, like building up our faith, these are important tasks so we can get so caught up in other things. We forget about keeping ourselves in his love because we're focused on all these other things. And of course, Satan, he knows what he wants to tempt us to do. And he wants to steal that love of God from our hearts because that's what he doesn't have. He doesn't have God's love either.
1: No, 100%. uh, I think it was just last week, there was a couple uh, days in a row where the theme was staying in the love of God, and uh, what oftentimes comes to to mind, um, and it comes up in a couple different places, but uh, John puts it pretty poignantly, I believe, and I forget which are the three letters, um, but he basically says, if you hate your brother... Mm -hmm. And profess that you love God. You are a liar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the strongest that he gets. <laughs> yes, he's like, let me. Uh, is this on? Yeah. Let me. Um, <clears throat> you're a liar. You what? know, and people are like, well, I I don't hate my brother. And it's like, okay, let's um let's go back to, yeah. you know, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. You know, and <sighs> this is really one of the many places where the rubber meets the road, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. This is what separates. Christians, apart from all others, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said, mm-hmm. you know, to to love your neighbor as yourself and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemy. Yeah. Why? They're your brother. You may not have your, they're an estranged brother, but right. they're still your brother. We're mm-hmm. all related. Our parents go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Yep. So we're mm-hmm. all related, you know, mm-hmm. and yes, Properly speaking, and more perfectly speaking, those who are baptized are in a very uh, strict communal, familial. However, every human soul is created by God the Father. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, if we share the same Father, then we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. And and we can't give ourselves any quarter in our heart to not love. And of course, does not mean like. You know, we can be very upset for world leaders or strangers Mm -hmm. you know so to speak that upset us and do horrible things legitimately atrocious and horrible Mm -hmm. things however we cannot allow the evil one to sow hatred that is a desire for that person to peril Mm -hmm. you know to fall into hell and to get their just desert so to speak and many people many faithful catholics will speak just like that Mm -hmm. You know, and right there, if John were here, he'd be like,
0: you're, you're a liar. Yes. The love of God is not in you. Repent. Which is the paradox John is the one who keeps talking about God is love and all these kind of positive and simple things. And Jude comes across as very strong, but what I want to capitalize on is how similar they are. Yeah. You know, Jude's language may be more, maybe stronger, more blunt than John in certain ways, but John, who's the apostle of love. Sure. Speaks in very similar terms in terms of calling such teachers yeah. out, you know, or Christians out, because it was as much of a danger then mm-hmm.
1: in their time as it has been for the past two thousand years. Right, human nature, sure. sinful
0: nature. So it's this not. is
1: if if people are wondering, gee, is is the love of God in me? I don't know. How many people do you hate right now? <laughs> you know, yes. and and I mean, I don't mean to put it so simply, but in a certain sense, it's a good template. Yes, gee. You know, it's like, are you praying for your enemies? Do you hope oh. that they too will, re- you know, receive the mercy of Jesus Christ and be able to have the grace to repent of their sins
0: and be in heaven
1: mm-hmm. with
0: us, God mm-hmm. willing? You know,
1: that's the question.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of, there's a quote, uh, this isn't by far perfect at all, but I remember vaguely from St. John Paul II. Uh, him, or maybe St. Francis of Sales, but, you know, the measure of our love for God is how much we least love our brother. Mm. So I don't get judged by, well, I love you because I'm like, great. Like I'm a, we're good brothers. We get along. You know, we can be here. No, my love for God isn't measured by my relationship with That's you because right. I, I get along with you. Yeah, It's measured by the brother in the house who I might have the most difficulty with or the leader, let's say, in the world that I, you know, would just wish suddenly had a heart attack and would just die, <laughs> um, you know, to get him out yeah. of the world. Yeah. Uh, my love is measured by the one I will love least, which is why the Sermon on the Mount Jesus capitalizes on, well, if you love those who love you, a big deal. I mean, pagans do that. Yeah, It's love your enemies. That's the measure because God loves even his enemies. And that's what makes us Godlike when we love, even when there's no kickback, there's nothing in return. And talking about kind of John as the apostle of love, I mean, Jude here is also an apostle of mercy. We'll jump a little bit to verse 22, but Notice, you know, he's given all these warnings, the entire letter, but then in practice. So he's condemning their teaching Mm -hmm. and their way of life, the sin. But then what does he say to do in action? Well, on those who waver, have mercy. Save others who are already in the fire and have mercy with fear. So, I mean, the paradoxes you would expect after someone's lambasted these teachers to be like, well... I'm done with it. You know, I'm out of here. Like, I, I'm not going to deal with this. You know, I need to go start my own community without, you know, such horrible sinners. And the commentary, the, the author brought up a good point. We can begin to treat such people as like lepers. You know, the, the morally sinful, the, the heretical, mm-hmm. and all this. And it becomes another form of kind of leprosy where chuck them out, keep them away. And I'm not saying there's no problem. Just sure. like leprosy really is a yeah, problem. Yeah. But Jesus' approach obviously was very different. He went out to those lepers. They were the ones who got invited into the church because he brought healing. In the same way, Jude isn't saying, oh, there's no problem, which is why, you know, he says, abhor even the outer garment. Like, be careful, you know, Mm -hmm. don't fall into the same thing. But he does, what does he say? Yeah, granted all the stuff that's going on, what are you supposed to do? Go there and bring mercy, Mm -hmm. which is why we need to be built up. Why in faith? Why we need to pray? Why we need to keep ourselves? Because otherwise, like you talked about, we just contribute to the problem. We just talk about uh, all this horrible stuff. Yeah, and it only gets worse. So, wait for the mercy. As we keep going on, verse twenty-one. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That leads to eternal life. So Jude here is, you know, faith, hope isn't explicitly mentioned. Behind, it's probably behind the idea of praying the Holy Spirit. You know what we're supposed to do is we're waiting here for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is ultimately His second coming. Yeah, you know, which I could give a, many and, episodes on that. But
1: and one could say that hope is couched in the promise of eternal life as well. Yes, yes. You know, so it's it's while it's not explicitly mentioned, it's you know you do have the faith, hope, and love presented yeah. here. And, you know, even to what we were just saying, you know, keep yourselves in love of God and wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, that mercy that he showed us, mm-hmm. right? And and following him, as we've already said in so many words, like, that's what's going to lead us to eternal life. And if you don't, get with the goats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... <laughs> Because again, that's the Gospel, isn't it? Right? No, I, I hear you, you know, I, hear you. I, I you know, I'm feeling a little bit of Judy right now. You know? <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm in the meat of that meat sandwich that you described earlier, where it's like, come on, people. like like yes. you know, it's, yeah, it's easy. and when i'm I'm calling people out, like I'm calling myself out. Mm-hmm. I can easily think of I can count on one hand the past week of times in which. As you said, you know the, the brother that I don't care for too much, or some person on the TV or what have you, mm-hmm. where I allowed my anger to get the best of me, mm-hmm. you know. But when I come to that, you know, moment, then you know that's that Holy Spirit working within me It's like, oh my gosh, you know, thank you, Lord, for yep. pointing out my my uh, mm-hmm. folly there. Let me now pray for that person, or let me go ahead and and, and pray for the grace to handle that situation better if it presents, you know, presents itself again in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, those are good examples. And I I think they're also good examples because it's not about never feeling anger. And in fact, I mean, anger is just a a normal emotion, especially in the face of injustice. Uh, It's what we do with that that really is the question. And I want to go back to the word for weight. So these are very active words, Mm -hmm. but they're not active in the normal sense. because when we do get angry, we wanna, you know, fix it now. Mm-hmm. And I remember in this book called the Glittering Vices, the author, Rebecca uh Kondike, I believe is her name, she comments, part of where sin where anger becomes a sin beyond just the emotion, is we actually fail to wait on God to fix mm. the injustice. You know, we want to do it our way. Sure. And how many revolutions fail because it's exactly that. It's the attempt to fix an injustice by committing more injustice, mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't really work at the end. Um, but in our own lives, we may not create revolutions, but often times we really don't wait for his mercy. Yeah. So I know for myself, I don't like waiting. <laughs> I'd much rather sometimes that, you know, Jesus just show up as the the just judge and smack, you know, people down and fix everything. And of course, he'd have to judge me too. So I would myself get, you know, yeah. a heavy correction, which is what often people forget when they want. Why doesn't God just come and, you know, fix yeah. it all? Well, because we'd be the first to be judged. And, uh, and scripture yeah. even says that, you know, that, that that's the reason
1: for the delay, so to speak, right. is that he wants all men to be reconciled right. to himself.
0: Right. And I think also of and that passion itself, something I reflected on is, the blood and water mm-hmm. you know, is in the divine mercy prayer. Mm-hmm. That didn't flow out of his heart until when? Till after his passion was over, yeah. after he actually died. Yeah. And in the same way, if we think like in our lives, we can see all this injustice and we're like, when is the mercy gonna come? Like when it, when is something gonna change? And we have to wait and persevere. And I think like how many people were there when the blood and water actually gushed forth? I think the number is five. Mary the mother of Jesus, John, Mary Magdalene, and two other women. And think the thousands of people who were there when Jesus performed miracles in any other moment, only five actually waited to the very end. And I point that out because it ain't easy. We, I know for myself it easy be like, oh, blood and water and, you know, love that devotion, except the reality of waiting until that mercy burst forth, it's hard because it's not just waiting all things being equal. It's waiting in the midst of darkness, waiting yeah. in the midst of difficulty, doubt and desolation. But that's what we're saying. "O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus, I trust in you. And it's that waiting for that bursting forth, for that moment when Jesus, ultimately coming, yes, as a just judge, but as our savior as well, because he wants to come when he comes at the end of time, not to condemn, but as much as possible to bring people into his eternal kingdom. Yeah. Okay, shall we tackle the last two verses then? Unless there's something you wanted to add? Well, not last, the 22 and 23 I meant. Well, we
1: kind of did. Um you you you
0: jumped yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I I hinted at it. You know, so,
1: um so if there's anything else you want to kind of put a bow on
0: that, um Well, sure, I shall put a bow on top of that. I mean,
1: cuz it, it it really is, you know. But yes, go ahead and and <laughs> and, and start marching through this because we we did kind of jump the gun and you know that is that we started talking about
0: you know snatching you know those out of the right. fire right so uh, there's not much i think to elaborate on there's a triplet here as well and those yeah. who waver yep. and then those who are in the fire and then those who have uh, their outer garment stained by the flesh so you have three groups here um, those who waver those who doubt those who may be in the church yet but aren't really uh, sure about the church teaching or aren't living it well Uh, So, have mercy. So again, we've had a lot of harsh words here, calling, you know, uh, spade a spade. But at the end of the day, when you're dealing with the sinner, have mercy. That's really important that mercy and truth go together, and it's mercy for the person. Then others in the fire, it's an image of judgment. So those perhaps who are the false teachers, those already in sin. So here there's a rescue, you know, have mercy on some, go to rescue those in the fire, which reminds me of Catherine Siena. She wanted to stand at the gates of hell so that no one would enter there. I mean, that's Christian holiness. It's not looking from far away and going, yeah, these sinners, they're going to hell in a handbasket and how horrible and they should go there because of all they're doing. No, the, the saints wanted to stand in the fire yeah. and save them and the worst of them because it didn't matter what they sinned. Right. They didn't want anybody staying in that fire forever. And that's what God's love is like, you know, that they don't, he doesn't want anybody even the worst of sinners to go there. And then, you know, abhor even the outer garments stained by the flesh, fleshly desires, you know, giving into things of this world. We can go down the laundry list, but the idea here especially is to have mercy on them with fear is to recognize that we're weak too. We're on a rescue mission, but we're not some superheroes who are going to go save these people uh, on our own and be kind of Unaffected by their way of life, because as sinners we can be tempted too. And think of you know the pandemic we recently went through and masks and gloves and all this stuff. And you know the point being whether it works or not is a different question. <laughs> but you know what's the idea? Well, if you're around people who are sick, yeah. If you want to help them, then you have to protect yourself so you also don't get sick. Because what's the point? I mean, if you're in a room with someone with tuberculosis and you're not protecting yourself, well, you're going to get sick after the first patient. Similarly, to be cautious as we have mercy on others, to not presume in pride, well, I'm strong enough and I can just right. help people, but have the humility that yes, we're all in this to help other people and save them, Have the humility, but I need to ground myself in faith, in hope, in charity, in the church, lest I also be drawn out and encounter difficulties and problems. So that's where the humility enters in, uh, in terms of the rescue mission and having mercy on others. So, amen. All right. It's been a joy talking with you all. We'll as always. Have one more episode on Jude with just the last few verses to finally have the bow on top and complete our presentation. Yeah, changing. so then we'll have to decide on what we're tackling next. Oh, I have a few ideas. I know. So do I. We'll leave that as a surprise. Yes. So, <laughs> My joy talking with you. Thank you as well for joining us for this episode today as we get through almost all of Jude. <laughs> I'm Father Thaddeus. And I'm Father Timothy. We ask you to pray for us as we pray for you for your needs and intentions. Immaculata Virginis Maria Concepcio. Sid Novi salus et protexio. May the Virgin Mary's Immaculate Conception be our health and our protection. God bless you. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to watch it as well. You can find the video version of Keeping It Marian exclusively on DivineMercyPlus.org, the streaming site for All Things Marian. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Visit shopmercy.org to order your copy of my new book, Shining in Spotless Splendor, Consecration to the Immaculate Conception. Again, this book is available on shopmercy.org. God bless you.